This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Kira no mai ki Kelly from the Tron. Kicking off this week's podcast with a track from Benny featuring Muroki. Nobody starts to feel controlled. I lose a hold. This place that starts to turn so cold. Don't trap from From the Tron and 2020 indie pop phenomenon and rising global superstar Benny launched her label Olive and quickly signed Whaingaroa based uh, artist Moroki. In November, they released All the Time, which I just shared for you then. If you like the sound, Moroki has just released his tour dates, um, if COVID allows, which will see him at uh, the Yacht Club on the 10th of April. Kelly from the Tron is a weekly free FM radio show and podcast with news, views, events and music curated for the good people living in Kirikiriro, Hamilton. Ko te rā, mere tēnei rā, fa o Pōtu Terangi. 
Um, and if you are listening to this live 10 a.m. Friday, the 5th of March, via freefm.org.nz, tune in or on your Amazon Echo device and are in the East Coast. That is the Bay of Islands to Whangarei, Ma- uh, Matata to Tōlaka Bay and Great Barrier Islands. Please move immediately to the nearest high ground and watch for civil defence um, updates after a tsunami um, threat at the moment. Sarah Thompson was newly elected to Te Konehira or Kirikiriro in 2019 and is Deputy Chair of the Environment Committee. Before she was elected in 2019 and due in part to public pressure mobilised by the school strikes for climate, the Council committed to developing a climate action plan rather than declare a climate emergency. In 2020, the Council approved that plan and the focus for 2020 to 2021 was to build our understanding of emissions of Council business and the city at large, deliver change, uh, the low-hanging fruit, I think it was called, and implement a climate accord uh, whilst collaborating with others around the city. And Sarah is joining us now for an update on that climate action um, from the City Council. Kia ora hoa. Morena Kelly, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming in. Um, look, there are so many plans out there from, from councils to governments. It's really good to just hone it back to the city for a little while. Now, 60% of the emissions in our city are transport related. So I don't think we're um, understating uh, the importance of a mode shift. So in a recent uh, Facebook post, you expressed frustration upon hearing the news that Waka Kotahi uh, perhaps wouldn't be coming to the party by contributing 50% of the investment that we need in cycle infrastructure in the city. So what is your understanding of how things are now? Okay, so things aren't looking, <laughs> the question, but <laughs> aren't currently looking much brighter right now. Good. Um, <laughs> oh, bad. It, yeah, no, essentially... Um, what usually happens when the council wants to do a transport improvement project like putting in cycle lanes, uh, Waka Kotahi and ZTA uh, would usually subsidise that by putting in around half of the funding. Um, but what they're saying now is for different reasons, particularly around COVID um, and cost pressures, over the next three years at least, almost all of the National Transport Fund has been used up, which means there is very, very little money left for new projects, which includes a a lot of cycleway and walking projects and public transport projects um, around the country, which haven't yet uh, been approved and so are considered new projects. Um, And so that means here in Hamilton, our Eastern Pathways project, which would provide um, a safe walking, biking and public transport uh, link along um, the school links. So that's uh, Hukunui and Peach Grove Road connecting about 19 schools and close mm-hmm. to 10,000 students. Um, and the uni link from the university into the CBD, which would again connect a lot of students as well as people to um, medical centres and, and all sorts of amenities. Um, so that's... Uh, that project is going through its business case right now um, and we don't have any certainty of funding and now with that squeeze it's looking like it could be really difficult to get it off the ground um, at least okay. with help from Waka Kotahi. Um, um, could I just um, ask, do we know what Waka Kotahi are currently um, investing in? So, is it, I mean, is it what uh, I think it is? So, which is Yeah, so <laughs> essentially when... Um, Last year, the government uh, divvied up all these buckets of money for different types of transport projects, and they only put 2% of the transport budget 
uh, in the walking and cycling budget Two. to start with. So it was minuscule, You're t- yeah. a tiny slice of the pie to start with. Um, and then since then, they've actually used some of that walking and cycling budget to plug the gap where they've had overspends on state highway projects. Wow. And they're funding a $200 million um, cycleway from Petone to Wellington, which my understanding is... Um, is that it's more a seawall strengthening exercise to protect the state highway and a rail line along uh, <laughs> the coast. So there are, I'm sure, some other cycling and walking projects that are being funded, but it's really, really um, infuriating, actually, that even that tiny amount that we had in there for walking and cycling isn't being fully allocated mm. to those modes of transport. Um so, yeah, there's a huge amount that needs to change, I think, nationally if we are actually genuine about responding to climate change, reducing emissions, but also I think even more importantly, in my view, responding to the safety risks that children um, biking and walking to school mm-hmm. and their parents or family members face mm-hmm. every day um, when they go out on the road uh, or on the footpath. Um, and also the health issues that we're facing and the stress that is caused by you know us all using cars and sitting in traffic for hours on hours each week. Mm-hmm. So where do you assess the pressure points? And um, when I ask that question, I'm thinking about the Wakato Regionals Land Transport Plan. Mm-hmm. I think that we're currently able to make submissions on mm-hmm. another plan to make submissions another on. Plan. Um, so that sets out the priorities for the region. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, is that another pressure point for telling the government actually we need to shift our priorities to a different um, to cycling and walking rather than vehicles. Yeah, so that plan is uh, what happens is all the councils um, in the Waikato region or you know uh, will come together and say here's our list of priorities for transport projects for the region. Um, and because of the makeup of that committee, uh, where you mostly have quite rural councils. Um, it, Essentially, everyone just wants state highways. Um, oh, to and, connect to each other rather yeah, than within. And, well, they're yep. seen as being, um, firstly, they're 100% subsidised, so that means those councils don't actually have to put any okay. contribution towards those projects, so it doesn't affect their rates or balance, book, uh, you know, balance sheets. Um, but also, there is a very strong, um, I guess, perception that you only get economic development out of building roads, whereas actually you probably get a... Well, there is strong evidence to show there is um, really good economic benefits from investing in cycling, walking Mm. and trains and public transport. Uh, But it is an outdated but very persistent um, idea that roads equals economic development. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... Is that part of the reason why we see the Tiawa ride and uh, from mm. Naroa here down to Cambridge mm. and, and further afield? We see money going into that, but we don't see that as visible within our cities. Yeah. So that's around who has the money to make decisions. And Yeah, because once again, that's seen as a tourism mm. uh, project, really, and an economic development one, rather than something which is actually going to, in most cases, uh, promote mode shift and yeah. healthier lifestyles. So you might go out and do it on the weekend 
weekend, but you'll probably drive your bike to it. Yeah. Say <laughs> because I, I mean, I'm far more interested in how I get to work yes. or how I get into the studio than I am yeah. worth going for a ride down the river. Yeah, but no, absolutely. And so that regional um, plan that's out for consultation at the moment, but ultimately, I think that while you can change what's at the top of that list for yep. funding priorities, which is important, it really comes back to all the way back to the government um, and how big the bucket of money is for walking and cycling and how much help they're providing in terms of co-funding yep. um, to councils to actually deliver these projects. So if they're really serious about addressing emissions and moving towards a low transport low carbon transport system Waka Kotahi should be saying we'll provide 75 or 80 or even 90% of the funding for cycling walking and public transport improvement projects rather than just around 53% at the moment Um, and that way that would immediately double or more the amount that a council could deliver with their current financial circumstances and probably encourage them to do even more beyond that. Um, So it it really is a shifting of priorities when it comes to funding Um, and seeing cycling and walking is not just a nice to have Mm -hmm. but an integral part of our system and a public health response, a climate response, uh, mental well-being response, all of those things. Um, yeah, I mean, I love being on my bike and it feels so much better after being on it. When I'm in a car, I just feel yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards. <laughs> but so, um, so, I mean, I know it's a really big question, but if cycling is a priority mm. or being able to walk safely around mm. our city, where, where are we applying pressure in the next couple of months? Okay. So if you're living in Hamilton and you really want to see cycling and walking, the first thing I think and the most important thing you could do is to... Uh, it is to submit to the long-term plan, which is going out for consultation today. So oh, it's today. the Hamilton City Council's long-term plan. Just go online, go onto the Facebook page. You could, it's really quick if you mm-hmm. just want to do a quick submission um, and support the funding that's in there for walking and cycling. Uh, and say, if you want more of it, say you want more investment. Um, that's going to be one hundred and twenty million dollars worth of unfunded projects. Oh, is that more right? than that. So there's a lot of there's around over a hundred million <laughs> uh, of funded walking and cycling projects, which assume that Waka Kotahi co-funding okay. um, in the long term plan. Then there's around three hundred million at least of walking and cycling projects outside, fully unfunded, of the long-term plan. So that would be, um, a lot of those projects will be um, things that will connect the city together and actually create a real network. Um, And that's where, again, we just need more help to actually, like, because we're starting with such a low base. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we need more help to, to be retrofitting the city. But yeah, uh, um, submitting to the long-term plan would be really important. Uh, and uh, if you haven't already, submitting to the Climate Change Commission's report mm. and saying um, that you want to see a bigger focus on mode shift in that because there's a really strong reliance on electric vehicles right now. Yeah. Um, and probably... The other most important thing would be uh, to, to to keep an eye out because 
uh, I'm I think that over the next couple of months we'll be um, we'll be able to organize our organize ourselves to um, get some demonstrations underway mm. some peti- a petition underway to actually uh, give people an opportunity to get that message across to okay. central government as well so we're going to <coughs> excuse me the Hamilton City Council's website or to their social media to uh, make a submission on the long-term yep. plan you can go in there and talk to them face to face as well if you like it's always fun <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, if you go to the go eco page for example you can scroll down and you'll see um, that groups like 350 Aotearoa um, Generation Zero, uh, so many groups actually came together to make submissions really easy. So um, check, find that post and they take you through how to make a submission on the Climate Change Commission's uh, recommendations mm. to the government. It's really another key uh, key one. And of course, just keep an eye on Sarah's page, mm. Sarah Thompson without a P, on her Facebook, um, uh, Bike Waikato, probably is Bike mm. Hamilton still active? Or, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, keep an eye on those pages to, uh, so you can find opportunities to have your say on those. Uh, now, in the time uh, we've got left, to just to shift, um, we know that transport is mm. a big one for mm. the city. Um, but in general, do you feel as if the um, council's climate action plan is compatible with the Paris Agreement? And you know this because yeah. you took the government to, yes. <laughs> to court over it. So you, so you know what we need. Good question. Um, so the targets for our own organisation are compatible uh, in the sense that we're looking at um, having the Hamilton City Council's organisation organisational uh, emissions, so that's yep. everything from our own operations uh, by 2030, and that's what the uh, and that's what the International um, Panel on Climate Change recommended. But in terms of the city itself, we haven't actually set a target for the whole city yet. So we created an action plan, which was a one-year action plan, which was really a stock take of what we're already doing. Uh, It was really disappointing and I was not impressed by it. But we didn't have the resources and the staff expertise at the time to do what put together a plan and strategy that we really needed as a city Um, now we do have someone on board they're amazing they're doing um, they're developing a climate strategy at the moment and so uh, that will eventually come out for consultation uh, and uh, I certainly will be pushing for you know an ambitious target Mm. for that Um, we we obviously as a council won't be able to uh, influence everything that would yeah. get us to reaching that target, but it's up to at us. the same time, yeah. you know, we've got to partner with others mm. within the city and, and central government to achieve those targets because if you were to put anything less, um, then essentially you're saying, you know, we're not, we're not going to uh, keep warming below what's a livable threshold. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the council is doing their own work within your own business, uh, uh, which includes the wastewater plant, mm. which we should acknowledge is the biggest yep. uh, challenge at the moment. Um, do you see there will be any changes in technology uh, in that yes. respect? So, uh, as part of this long-term plan, it's not actually that obvious, but as part of all the maintenance and renewals funding, um, we have funded that 
organisational action plan. Um, so it will mean moving away from gas heating for the pools, uh, moving towards more renewable energy um, for the wastewater treatment plant, um, transitioning the, the fleet to uh, electric, all of those kinds of things. So, um, and we were putting together a travel plan for the council um, to, look, I guess, see how we can help council staff actually take different modes of transport to and back home from work. Um, although I have to say that councillors have their own car park at the moment mm. and maybe we should be having maybe a travel a plan park. for them, <laughs> yes. Exactly. I'm, I'm pretty sure that... I mean, they can speak with the community when they're on the bus or yeah. get some exercise while, whilst walking. Um, we don't have a lot of time left. Mm. Um, so you mentioned that some of the climate actions that we might want to support are actually not so obvious yeah. within that 10-year plan and we should look particularly within the details that we see there? Um, I don't think it's necessary to look at the details for that because my understanding is that it's all in there, no one's questioning it, uh, we're, okay. we're committed to so doing it. it's not under, uh, under threat? No, no. You're doing what stuff. The most important thing is that if you want to see climate action in the city and also um, us addressing biodiversity loss, the most important things you can submit on are um, the biking micromobility funding, um, the funding for the gullies, say do it faster. Yeah. Um, and also it's not um, highlighted in the consultation document, but also say we want to see more action on public transport. Um, okay. Yeah, because we, even though the regional council uh, runs the actual buses, uh, we're responsible for the infrastructure like if we wanted bus lanes, which would be amazing, um, or just walkable footpaths and bus shelters and things like that. And so. we spoke to Jen Nicol, who's the chair of the uh, Climate Committee at the Waikato yeah. Regional Council yeah. recently, and so she's keeping us up to date uh, with the work that they're yes. doing because it's not just one council, it's uh, lots of different councils and the government and, and us and the decisions yeah. that we make every day with the mode of transport, yes. like the one we decided to take yeah. today yeah. <laughs> on our bike and with our high fizz. Exactly. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for coming in and giving us an update on transport. Is there anything else that you'd like to say before we go? No, I'm sure if anyone was listening, then their head will be spinning right now with the <laughs> amount of plans and councils and yeah. all sorts that um, are, you know, are there and going on. But absolutely, just uh, probably the only thing is that even five minutes or ten minutes is enough to make a submission on these things. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be fancy. Um, super make fancy it blunt, or long. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice yeah. and easy. Nice and easy for the councillors. Um, and leave it to others who like doing the big, big yes. posts. Because exactly. certainly got some of those as well. Um, so I appreciate your time to come in, uh, coming yeah, in and thank updating you for us having on me. that. Crossing, they've turned one. 
rappers and some targets out there Still it seems better now I'm doing the rounds for the shopping Small brothers are appearing again Selling flowers outside You're attracting smiles from the cafe from the Toronto Free FM 89.0 and we were speaking to Hamilton City Councillor Sarah Thompson about uh, cycling in the city and the climate action plan. Uh, behind me you can hear Anthony Tonnen's railway lines and before that we had Benny and Maroki. Um, due to COVID level changes, some of the events that we're expecting to happen this weekend that I've been telling you about for months uh, are no longer happening. But the Voices of Women is still going ahead on International Women's Day, Monday, March 8th. We'll hear from a guest speaker and panellists about the things that they are choosing to challenge in 2021. It's a 5.30pm start with doors open at 5 at the Meteor Theatre. Um, you do need to register via Eventbrite. Now you can listen to recent Kelly from the Tron podcasts on your favourite podcast platform like Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple or freefm.org.nz. If you'd like to share your thoughts on anything discussed today or let me know about new music or events, get in touch via Kelly from the Tron on social media or go to kellyfromthetron.co.nz. And finally, Mahi to Free FM for providing a platform for independent community media. Tui Naoreo o te hapuri.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.